Alright, in this episode we're going to get into Joshua chapter 13, talking about the remaining land and allotments east of the Jordan. You're going to have God's command to Joshua regarding the land remaining to be conquered. So let's just jump into the first verse where God is going to speak to old Joshua about the land remaining to be possessed. Alright, now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. So even while acknowledging Joshua's advanced years, God still tells him about a job that needs to be done. No matter how much we have done in our Christian lives, there still remains much more to do. And while there is still much to do, there can be no satisfaction with a partial inheritance. God wants us to keep pressing on. And what the land was to Israel, Jesus Christ is to us. We are to possess all of him and to keep pressing on to have all of Jesus Christ. And how much of Jesus do you have? How much of the Bible do you possess as yours? Do you walk in the blessing of leading others to Jesus Christ, of answered prayer, of meeting the needs of others in God's family? So inheritance is found over 50 times in these nine chapters from 13 to 24. They didn't win or purchase the land. The Lord leased it to them as tenants. Leviticus 25 verse 23. Two dominant themes found woven throughout the Bible. One is the origin, mission, and destiny of the nation Israel. The second, of course, is of the Messiah. Their rent was obedience. Their possession and enjoyment depended on their submission and obedience. Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy chapter 27 through 30. <clears throat> All right, say so verses 2 through 6, the land that remains to be occupied is described. This is the land that yet remains, all the to- territory of the Philistines and that of the Geshurites from uh, Sihor, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron northward, which is counted as Canaanite, the five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, the Ekronites, the Avites from the south and from the land of the Canaanites, and Merah that belongs to the Sidonites or the Sidians, as far as effect, to the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebelites, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon as far as the entrance to Hamath. All the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as Brook Mitzvah and all the Sidonians. Now I'll take verse 6 through 7. God's method for possessing the land is described. Then I will drive them out before the children of Israel, only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. So God God promises, I will drive them out from before the children of Israel, but he intends that each tribe must trust God for this in the portion of the land divided to them by lot. So each tribe was responsible to possess their own land completely, and God is high on the concept of personal responsibility and initiative, not only because that is how things get done, but also because that is how people are blessed in service. We are blessed by personally taking responsibility and initiative and trusting God to do what he has called them to do. All right. Let's look at verses 8 through 13, where you're going to get land allotments east of the Jordan. With the other half-tribe, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance, which Moses had given them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given them from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and the, all the plain of Mediba, as far as Dibon, and all the cities of the Sihon kings and the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the border of the children of 
of Ammon, Gilead, and the border of the Geshurites and the Machalites, all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan as far as Salka, all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth and Edri, who remained of the remnant of the giants. For Moses had defeated and cast out these. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Machathites. But the Geshurites and the Machathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. So this passage describes the portion of land divided among Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. And it was the land of King Sion of the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. Only two tribes of peoples were not replaced by the Jewish tribes settling on the east side of the Jordan, the Geshurites and the uh, Machathites. So David later marries a princess from Geshur, and his son Absalom was born of her in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3. Absalom returned to Geshur and used it as a place to plot against his father David, 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 37 and 38, chapter 14, verse 23, and chapter 14, verse 32. The Maccathites may have come from the uh, from the Macca mentioned in Genesis 22, verse 24, who was a nephew of Abraham. Later, when Sheba rebelled against David, he fled it may have taken refuge in one of the cities of the Machathites. 2 Samuel chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. All right, verse 14, the unique situation of the tribe of Levi. Only the tribe of Levi, he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel are by fire, are their inheritance, as he said to them. So Levi is the priestly tribe, which was to receive no province, such as the other tribes received. They would be given certain cities, Joshua chapter 20 and 21. So instead, these Levites had their inheritance, uh, the offerings that Israel would bring to the Lord. These were their financial... This was their financial security in Israel. All right, verses 13 to 23, you're going to get the portion of Reuben's land. And Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families, their territories from Aror, which is on the bank of River Arnon, and the city that is in the midst of the ravine, on the plain by Mediba, Heshbon, and all the cities that are in the plain, Debon, Bamoth, Baal, Bethbalmion, Jehaza, Ketamoth, Mephath, Kirjathim, Sibma, Zareth, Shar, on the mountain of the valley, Beth Peor, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jezimoth, all the cities of the plain, all the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, whom Moses had struck with the princes of the Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, who were the princes of Sihon dwelling in the country. The children of Israel also killed with a sword Balaam, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, among those who were killed by them. And the border of the children of Reuben was the bank of the Jordan, and this was the inheritance of the children of Reuben according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Now let's jump to verse 24 and 28. We'll talk about Gad's land. And Moses had given an inheritance to the tribe of Gad, the children of Gad according to their families. Their territory was Jazer, all the cities of Gilead, and half of the land of the Ammonites as far as Aror, which is before Rabbah, from Heshbon to Ramoth, Mitzpah, and Betonim, and from Mahamnaim to the border of Debir, in the valley of Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, and Shephon. The rest of the kingdom of Sihon, king of Heshbon, which with the Jordan as its border, as far as the edge of the sea, of Chinnereth and the other side of the Jordan eastward. This is the inheritance of the children of Gad according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Right, so their choice might have been good for their cattle, but it created serious problems for their children, right? We're talking about the two and a half tribes east of the Jordan. These tribes became a buffer zone between Israel, Moab, Ammon, Etal, um, 
these liabilities led to their eventual downfall. First Chronicles chapter five, verses twenty-five and twenty-six. The lesson is: don't become a borderline believer. Enter into the inheritance God appoints for you and rejoice in it. Psalm seventy or uh, forty-seven, verse four, Ephesians, and Hebrews chapter three through five. <clears throat> Balaam was Gentile, yet prophet, Numbers 22 through 24. It was the son of, looking back real quick here in verse 22, the son of Baor of Pethor, Mesopotamia, and Deuteronomy 23, verse 4. He was a soothsayer in Joshua chapter 13, verse 22, a prophet, Numbers 24, and Second Peter chapter 2, verses 14 and 16. Council led to the occasion of the corruption of Israel with the Midianites in Numbers 31, verse 8 and 16, and Revelation chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. The way of Balaam mentioned in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. The error of Balaam is mentioned in Jude 11. The doctrine of Balaam is referred to in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. He dies with the Moabites and the Midianites in Numbers 22, verse 7, and Numbers 31, verse 8. Right? You cannot serve both God and mammon. Right? Can't do both. Got to pick one. God is a jealous God. Jealous for us. So, let's talk about Levi real quick. Looking back before I get too far ahead. Levi does not inherit land as the other tribes. Their inheritance was the God of Israel. They were given 48 cities in chapter 13, verses 4 and 33, in chapter 14, verses 3 through 4, and chapter 18, verse 7. That is detailed in chapter 21, verses 1 through 42. They are prophesied to be scattered in Genesis 49, verses 5 through 7, and Genesis 34, along with Simeon, who eventually was commingled with Judah. The list of cities do not match, and scholars will attribute some name changes or reassignments to these discrepancies. So Judah received their allocation in chapter 14, verses uh, 6 through chapter 15, verse 63. This included Caleb, one of the two faithful spies. Caleb, now 85 years old, didn't look for easy tasks. He requested new mountains to climb and giants to conquer. His secret is that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 14, Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, and Numbers 32, verse 12, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 36, and Joshua chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. He also provided for the next generation, Joshua chapter 15, verses 13 through 19. We simply hand our next generation insurmountable debts, right? They, and during this point, Caleb was taking care of his next generation. Our country has a massive climbing debt that we just keep pushing to the next generation. And it's going to come to a point. So Joshua, the other faithful spy, received his last in Numbers, uh, let's see, in chapter 19, verses 49 through 51, their promises received 45 years before in Numbers 14, verse 24 and verse 30, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 34 and 36. Uh, that was to be a source of continual encouragement. And lesson is to be encouraged in your own pilgrimage. You've already received your inheritance in Christ and can claim every spiritual blessing in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. So Ephraim and Manasseh, these are the sons of Joseph whom Jacob adopted and blessed in Genesis 48 verses 15 through 22. Birth order is reversed in blessing like Ishmael and Isaac and Esau and Jacob. God rejects our first birth and gives a second birth. Okay, that's a model of being born again. All right. Let's look at verses 29 through 32, the portion of the half the tribe of Manasseh's land. Moses had given an inheritance to half the tribe of Manasseh, and it was half the tribe of the children of Manasseh according to their families. Their territory was from Manaim 
Al-Bashan and the kingdom of Og of Bashan and the towns of Jer, which are in Bashan, 60 cities, half of Gilead, Asheroth, and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who were for the children of Makir, the son of Manasseh, for half the children of Makir according to the families. And these are the areas which Moses had distributed as an inheritance on the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. What do you do with this information? It gives us a, a historical allotment of the land that was allocated to them so we can take it <clears throat> and have written documents. It's the same thing with the genealogy so that we have a record and there's no confusion and other stories and false um False worship can come out of that. So more on the median inheritance of the Levites in verse 33. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he said to them. So in Joshua chapter 13, verse 14, we are told that the Levites had no land for an inheritance, but instead had the sacrifices Israel brought to God. They also received a greater inheritance than that, God himself. In this sense, if there is any tribe that Christians are spiritually connected to, it is the tribe of Levi. We are called priests in First Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And we have a special inheritance in God, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, and 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Many of us are dissatisfied with our place before God. We wish he would have given us something different, and we can even get bitter towards God about this. The primary answer is to see ourselves as priests and to understand that our real inheritance is God himself. I'll go even further. Revelation chapter 1 and other passages, we are referred to as both kings and priests, and we don't come from the Levitical line. We come from the Melchizedek line. As per the New Testament, Melchizedek, who was both a king and a priest of Salem, who met with Abraham, right, back in Genesis. You can look at the Genesis commentary for more on that. And we come from that line to be both priests and kings, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That ties up Joshua chapter 13. All right, next time we'll get into 14, we'll talk about the Western land to be divided. Thank you for joining me.